Hey there, this is Liana, and you are tuning in to Sharpen Her Iron, conversations with dope women. Yeah. I said I wanted today's topic to you be about to a craft about... with a nice little pretty uh, yeah. heading for it, <laughs> but it's exactly... Um, what I what did I say? It was something about like change, the emotional. Oh, emotionally of change. navigating change, right? Yes. So we're talking about like the shift and how how do you know when to go? Right? So just the realization that there's some changes that need to take place in my life, and I think you can know something for a certain amount of time, but it gets closer, mm-hmm. and you start feeling the um, emotions of letting go mm-hmm. or what you may have. Um, been tied to for so long and maybe like your image or your identity mm-hmm. got so intertwined associated with it that you you start to feel like losing this is losing a part of myself mm-hmm. and then having to reassess like who am I mm-hmm. and what does that mean and how did I get to a point where I allowed it to define so much you yeah. know about myself and then maybe even I know for myself maybe sometimes some shame associated with walking away or mm. I said this is exactly who I am and this is how it's going to be and people expected me to show up in the world a certain way and what happens when I change my mind and right. I don't have all these labels or certain things to associate myself with anymore um, yeah and I know that you can relate to that in some of your journey <laughs> of letting go of your, your fitness studio. So talk a little bit yes. about like who is Joy? How did how did you define yourself and what are some changes that Lord. you endured in your journey and emotionally how you navigated those spaces? You can just start from anywhere. <laughs> There's like no script. I'm laughing probably to keep from crying okay to be quite honest i'm actually shaking right now because of what you're saying is so incredibly hitting home Mm. and not only is it hitting home it was around this time two years ago that Mm. i made the decision to close the studio which was probably emotionally one of the hardest things i've ever done Mm I have ever done in my life mm-hmm. was make the decision to say I'm going to close the studio and it's because of a lot of the things that you said which yeah. is my identity had gotten so tied up in it I had declared for so long that it was what I wanted mm-hmm. and I had worked so hard to have it happen mm-hmm. and how other people viewed me and my place and my role in the world to this day the studio has been closed for nearly two years and to this day people are like how's the studio and i'm like no yeah (laughs) it's no more yeah and i can say it now much more comfortably obviously than i could you know because time you know you give time time and it'll heal everything but yeah but definitely what you're saying right now is so so hitting home so Mm -hmm. just to give some sort of backstory to your listeners um, my name is Joy K. Madison. Yes, my I friend. am now a clarity coach. And I'll even talk a little bit about how I arrived at that title, which is totally made up, mm-hmm. by the way. Aren't all titles uh, made up? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good point. Touche. Um, so prior to coaching, I owned a fitness studio, Eat, Sleep, Sweat, which was in South Central Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I owned the studio for three years, but it was a dream of mine for 20 years prior Mm -hmm. to opening it. And I remember I was 13 years old. I rolled a paper. We had like an assignment. Where are you going to be in 10 years? So I did Mm -hmm. the whole, like, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to study sports medicine and then I'm going to have my own fitness studio. And I talked about all the things I wanted to do. And I was 13 years old. And if you would ask me now how I knew that at 13, I really, I'm like... I don't know. I probably was just making that up yeah. 
for the assignment, right? Yeah. But but something in it was true. True enough that I went on a 20-year journey to actually manifest all of those things in the world. Yeah. Right? And so I went on to college. I didn't get the degree in sports okay. medicine, but I got it in kinesiology, biomechanics. Mm-hmm. Graduated. Uh, became certified as a personal trainer, but didn't really want to do that because I felt like, oh, the field's so oversaturated and there are mm-hmm. people who just have like their certificates and I just busted my butt for four years getting mm-hmm. this degree and I want to do something that's felt more like it was like worth my mm-hmm. time is mm-hmm. what I sort of was, mm-hmm. I guess, thinking. So I coached a little bit of water polo, national, junior national water polo and swimming and I did all that. And the time came for me to really like decide what I was gonna do. Mm-hmm. And even that came from this conversation of like, you can't coach your whole life, yeah, right? Which was given to me. So I'm yeah. like, you can't coach like, your whole life. Not? And it was Why like, but people actually do. Mm-hmm. Like, who do you think coaches the Olympic team? People mm-hmm. who have been coaching their whole lives. Right. Like not somebody who just woke up in the morning right. and was like, hey, I wanna coach the Olympic water polo team. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, that's real. So any, even with that, it was sort of this conversation, the driving conversation yeah. was like, you can't coach your whole life, so hmm. what are you going to do? Hmm. So I started asking myself, okay, well, you have this degree. You're certified as a personal trainer. You've taken this test. You're doing these things. The question, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, I'll try personal training. We'll see mm-hmm. what happens. But again, very clear that I didn't want to just go work at, like, a chain gym, which mm-hmm. is not to, like, diminish or say that these people aren't smart and don't know their stuff. But it, for me, it just was like, that's not what I see for myself. Yeah. So I found a job. I was working at a privately owned space. My intention there was to be able to connect with the owners. Uh I did that, learned so much from them. They gave me the books to read and all of that. I worked for them from 2007 to 2010. Then I branched out on my own and started renting space at another facility and was working as an independent contractor Mm -hmm. with my clients as a personal trainer. And then I did that for three years. And in 2013... I'm giving you guys the very abbreviated version of this story. But in 2013, at the end of the year, I signed my lease for Eat, Sleep, Sweat. And I opened in May of 2016. I'm sorry, 2014. May 31st, 2014 was my grand opening. So that that vision was, you know, 20 years in the making from the time I was 13 years old and wrote that paper to that moment. It was all coming true. I ran the studio for three years. In the midst of that, I would talk to my clients about their health and fitness goals, Mm -hmm. and they would share with me different stories. And ultimately, what I was learning was that usually what was underneath them feeling like they couldn't reach their goal was Mm -hmm. an emotional or psychological issue. Mm -hmm. So then I thought, if I really want to serve my community and my clients, and I really want to be a pillar Mm -hmm. in an effective, productive Mm -hmm. way, I need to equip myself. Mm -hmm. And so what that looked like for me after some research and some time was going back to school and getting a degree in psychology. Mm -hmm. So I did that. I enrolled in a school, and in that final year of owning the studio, I was simultaneously running the studio Mm -hmm. and enrolled in a grad school Mm -hmm. program. And at the time, because my intention was to be with the studio and do all that, I enrolled in the master's program because I thought a doctoral program would be way too hard. Mm -hmm. Little did I know. Which, let me rewind because I think this is an important detail. When I found the school, I go to the Chicago School of Professional Psychology. When I found the school, Hmm. it was very clear to me, Hmm. instinctively and intuitively and divinely, from God that mm-hmm. I was supposed to do the do- the doctoral, doctoral program. program. It was yeah. clear as a But we tell ourselves day. what we can or can't handle. Exactly. <laughs> and also, the point that I want to make with that is because I could not have fathomed and I could not have handled that I was going to be closing the studio at the time that I was registering for school yeah. the first time. Yeah. 
I, that that yeah, wasn't that even too much on my radar. Yeah, now maybe if I would have known that, it would have made sense. Mm-hmm. But God knew. Mm-hmm. I wasn't emotionally ready to know that, mm-hmm. to know that this was going to be the the last year in yeah. my skin, like this was it, right? Yeah. But of course, God knew that. Yeah. And put it on my heart to enroll in the doctoral program. Hmm. But I said to myself, I can't handle running a business mm-hmm. and being in a doctoral program. And then I talked to this advisor at the school, and she was like confirming it. Oh yeah, it's really hard. You don't want to do. Fast forward, end of my first year of the master's program, and it was 100% clear to me that it was time to close the studio. Mm -hmm. And when I tell you, it was the biggest battle of my life, Mm -hmm. because I just told you it was 20 years in the making for me to have this studio. Mm -hmm. Never mind the fact that I had been an athlete since I was like three years old. So this is so sports, fitness, health, all of that. It's all I know. Every job I've ever had has been something around coaching, sports, and fitness. Like, it's literally who I am. It's all I know. It's all I do. It's all I ever wanted to do. When I graduated from college, Hmm. a friend of mine came and we were shopping and she's like, you need to get some work clothes, right? Work clothes, meaning like (laughs) slacks and like whatever. And I was like, no, I'm never going to have this kind of job, right? And she, again, was like, you don't know that. Again, you can't be a lifeguard. You can't be a coach forever. Hmm. So I bought the clothes. Mm -hmm. I wore those pants two times, mm-hmm. once to my best friend's mom's wedding, and mm-hmm. then once to my friend who called me against me to buy them, I wore them to her graduation when mm-hmm. she got her master's. That was it. Yeah. The only time I wore those pants. And so, again, allowing people's to define fears, us. expectations, yeah. understandings yeah. to create a framework by which I should, quote unquote, Have be living my life. Yeah. And whatever. So... All of this, my whole life, I sort of knew Mm -hmm. that I was going to be doing this work. Mm -hmm. So that when it came time to sort of close that chapter, Mm -hmm. my God, Mm -hmm. I, it felt like I was ripping myself open Mm -hmm. and it was incredibly hard because one of the uncertainty, I have no idea what I'm going to do after this, Mm -hmm. even though I'm in school and I'm getting a whole doctorate degree, it was still like, what does this mean? Who am I? What is my life? What are people going to think? Are people even going to want to hear from me? Because Mm -hmm. they think... All I know is squats and crunches and Mm push-ups. And now I'm over here trying to talk about mental health and emotional health and personal development and not realizing that I have been doing it all The whole time. The whole time. Yeah. So many people, when I sort of, in my mind, was breaking the news to them, they were like, oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. You were my first therapist (laughs) prior to my therapist for the past six years. I'm like, wow, I'm getting a double whammy here. (laughs) And that's, I didn't see it. Yeah. Because I was so fixated on. Yeah. So I feel like that's a, a, a good moment to like pause and highlight mm-hmm. when you talk about this sort of fear of letting go and mm-hmm. moving on and mm-hmm. what does it mean and who am I and mm-hmm. my identity and what are other people going to think. So much of it is because we've become fixated on a particular element of mm-hmm. who we are mm-hmm. and we forget about all the other mm-hmm. elements. And it took, for me at least, for me to say to other people, oh, yeah, I'm in a psychology, I'm in a clinical mm-hmm. psychology program, mm-hmm. and I'm doing this is what I'm doing. And for mm-hmm. other people to sort of say to me, that totally makes sense. Yeah. And to then shine the light on and reflect back to me all that I had already been Invested, doing yeah. that I was missing because I was all wrapped up in this one facet of who I was mm-hmm. and allowing that to be 100% of how I mm-hmm. knew myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's so important. What I want to say in this moment when we're talking about the um, navigating the emotions of change yeah. is that it's 
with, with change and with anything else, it's rarely ever the thing. Yeah. It's the meaning we assign yeah, to oh, the thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. It's the meaning we assign. So the meaning because that I was changing assigning. Because we're changing things all the time. Constantly. They have no issue about it. it. Constantly. Yeah. And your experience of one thing is very different from my experience of it based on the meaning yeah. that we're assigning. It yeah. could be the same thing. Yeah. But based on the meaning we're assigned, I've assigned to it and you've assigned to it, yeah. we're going to have a totally different experience mm-hmm. of the same event. Mm-hmm. Right? And so... For me, in that moment, the meaning that I had given mm-hmm. to closing my studio was mm-hmm. that I had failed. Mm-hmm. I was about to say that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I have failed. I had this dream for all this time, and I had yeah. this vision for what it was going to be, mm-hmm. and I was all these plans and all these things. Mm-hmm. And because it's not going like that, because it doesn't look like that, mm-hmm. I have failed. Mm-hmm. And that meaning of having failed is what was ripping me apart. Mm-hmm. That I failed at this thing that I wanted so badly for so long yeah. and worked so hard to actually yeah. have. Yeah. That is what was tearing me apart. Yeah. So when I began to dismantle the story of failure mm-hmm. and look at it not as giving up but as moving on. Yes. That I got everything that I needed from that season. Yeah. And I gave everything that I could to that season mm. and it was time for me to evolve to mm-hmm. something greater. And if you stay here and you're not supposed to be here that's it. You you are literally choosing to drink expired milk. Yeah. It's like the example that I'm yeah. thinking of. Like, And you know what that's going to do to you. Ooh, you know how it's going to tear you up. Yeah. But you do it anyway because yeah. it's familiar. Yeah. And then people, I've witnessed it, and it's something I tell myself I don't want to experience. You start to see a lot of bitterness, resentment, things mm-hmm. that are growing that it's really like the truth of the matter is you stayed somewhere longer. Than you were supposed than to. Than you were supposed to. Mm-hmm. And you knew it. And that's the part. It's that second part. It's that you and knew, you knew it. it. It's that you knew you were called to something else. Yeah. And you knew that you were too scared. Yeah. Or somebody else talked you out of it. Yeah. Or whatever the thing is. And that's really what the seed of resentment is about. Yeah. Because I knew better. Yeah. Yeah. And I chose this. Yeah. And now I'm bitter and angry at myself yeah. because I chose yeah. this. And you feel more stuck. Even though you're never stuck, you're and never at any stuck. point in your life, you can make a change and you can make an adjustment. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there is that fear of mm-hmm. like, or that pressure of like, man, I'm older, mm-hmm. or you know, like, or I have more responsibilities that I didn't have mm-hmm. at that time that maybe would have made it a little bit easier mm-hmm. to make the shift then, right? But the truth of the matter is, you're never going to go back then, mm-hmm. right? So, like, someone right now, they're in, they're listening to this, and it's like, okay, cool, you are single, you don't have kids, and you're mm-hmm. not married, and you're not tied down to something, and now may be the easiest moment for you to be a little bit riskier, so do it, right? But somebody else is listening to this, and you are married, mm-hmm. and you. You do have children mm-hmm. and you do have more responsibilities but if it's time for you to shift mm-hmm. you got to shift and yeah. your shift may look differently you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying yeah but staying anywhere yes longer than you're supposed to be there will always be like drinking expired milk and i feel like to your point about the circumstances making your shift look different mm-hmm. um is where the faith comes in uh-huh it's mm-hmm. where if you say, and I have literally, mm-hmm. <laughs> even I remember my first year mm-hmm. in that gym, mm-hmm. my prayer was, and I'm not even kidding you. My prayer was, okay, God. And that was my prayer. <laughs> yeah, like, what's up? Like, we okay, no, God. We like, I did, I did my part. <laughs> the doors are where open. Where you at? <laughs> yeah. What you about to do? Yeah. Because you said do this and I did it. So, I did it. Uh, it's on yeah. you, bro. Yeah. What's and up? that's literally wasn't my prayer for a year. Okay, mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. 
And so my point is, and I did that, and again, I told you I gave you guys the totally abbreviated story, but part of what I didn't say is that in signing the lease mm-hmm. to the studio, which happened super quick, mm-hmm. according to my you know mm-hmm. experience of it, I found the place online and was signing the lease eight days later. Crazy. And was moving in oh two weeks after that and was opening six months after that yeah. right and building out a whole studio and buying equipment and painting walls and yeah but to do all of that i did that whole gym with no loans no credit cards come everything on. cash out of pocket come on so when i signed that lease yeah when i signed the lease i emptied my bank account mm. Mm. zero mm. talk about and faith. let me tell you still had to pay rent at the apartment i was living in mm-hmm. plus cover the space of the studio of the new lease, and car right. note and whatever yeah. other stuff I thought I wanted to do. Yeah. Emptied. Zero. I don't have a dime to mm. my name in mm-hmm. this bank account. And and rent is coming up next month. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dang. But I knew when I saw it, when I walked through those doors, mm. I said, this is my gym. I mm-hmm. told the man who was showing me the space, I said to him, do you believe in God? Mm. And he said, yeah. I said, good, because he just answered my prayers. Mm. And I signed the lease the next week. Hmm. That was on a Wednesday. The following Thursday, I signed the lease. So knowing the faith that it took for you to open the studio, though, because we're talking mm-hmm. about navigating that change mm-hmm. emotionally, right? Mm-hmm. So three years later, when you get to the time where it's time to mm-hmm. close it, it also took faith to walk away. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so I talk about, like, the difference in how faith showed up and how faith faith felt yeah. in those two experiences. Wow, that's a great, great question because... Hmm. So going into the studio, certainly scary. Mm-hmm. I had never run a business before. Um, I, and I had zero dollars, you right, know, right. and all of the things. And I knew yeah. there were so many things I had to do. Um, but I was excited because there was a promise, mm-hmm. right, that I sort of thought I was walking into. Mm-hmm. This promise of the 20-year yeah. vision and all of that. So yeah. it was a much, it was scary, but it was like a exciting, s- exciting scary, mm-hmm. like anticipatory, mm-hmm. like what is God about to do? Mm-hmm. Exciting. Mm-hmm. Whereas coming out of the studio, which ironically, but not really, mm-hmm. um, I closed, so I opened May 31st, 2014. Mm-hmm. I closed May 31st, 2017, exactly mm-hmm. three years later. Mm-hmm with not as much excitement, Mm -hmm. not as much clarity or vision for what was next. Mm -hmm. And um, the, the, this fear, it was crippling almost. Mm -hmm. To be honest, I just had a conversation with my mom the other day. I said, I feel like I'm just now getting back to myself. Mm. It's been almost two years. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm just now going finding me again oh okay i'm good yeah even though i've seen successes since then yeah and done amazing things since then i'm just now the other day i was literally just telling my mom like i think i'm back and the the difference Mm. for me coming out so i said going into the gym it felt like an exciting kind of scary Mm -hmm. because i was like this is a promise that i'm that god is fulfilling and i'm like excited to see how it unfolds Mm -hmm. whereas for this it felt much more uncertain Mm -hmm. and this was the faith that tested me This mm. was this was so for me going in this is the way I can simplify it. For me going in, my 
it was a faith that I was testing God to see, okay, God, uh, this is what you said about uh-huh, who you are. Uh-huh. Let me see you going to show was up. That try me faith. Yes. Yeah. Try God. Whereas yeah. for the on the Coming way out, out yeah. it was the faith that now God was like, okay, now now Test let me see. You. Now that I've shown you what I can do in mm-hmm. these three years and carried you and kept you and mm-hmm. grace and grace and mm-hmm. all of this. Now God said to me on the way back, on the way out, he said to me, now. Do you trust me? Let me see what you going to do. Yeah. Hmm. When I don't give you the details, mm-hmm. when I'm not giving you the vision, when this isn't, when this isn't a 20-year promise fulfilled and you have no idea what's next, yeah. but I'm telling you to go. Yeah. Are you going to have that Abraham faith and go to a place where I will show you, where Come I'm on. telling you to leave before Come I even on. tell you where you're going? Come on. And Pack I was like, oh. So it was like, he was like, oh, you want to test me? Mm. I'm going to test you. Mm. And that was when I began to work on my mind Mm -hmm. around this idea of failure. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that I, what I said earlier, it wasn't that I was quitting. It was that I was moving on Mm -hmm. and that I needed to be proud of the work that I had done there and understand that it was never about the place. Mm. It was never about having the studio. It was never about the place. It was always about the purpose. Mm -hmm. And the purpose was always to serve people Mm -hmm. at the highest level. Yeah. And for me, that was the whole reason why I went back to school. Mm-hmm. If I'm doing this fitness thing and that's not enough mm-hmm. and you need emotional support and mm-hmm. you need psychological support and mm-hmm. you need all these other things, I need to, if I'm called to support, be that for be you. Equipped. I need to yeah. be equipped for that. Yeah. yeah. So that when it was like, okay, you're doing that now. Yeah. Now I'm ready to enlarge your territory. Everybody yeah. can't fit in the studio on 74th in Vermont. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to take you into the world. So that yeah. when I closed the studio in May, yeah. I was in London in September. Come on. And then I was in South Africa yeah. in November. Yeah. And then I was in Mexico in February. Yeah. And then I was in Cuba in April. Yeah. I just yeah. got back from Bali a couple weeks ago. Come on. And it was like, oh. Crap. It's always bigger. It was it always. Was and what's crazy is that I had bigger. been saying for years, I'm going to change the world. Yeah. I've been saying that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was always bigger. And so God said to me, how do you think you're going to change the world sitting yeah. on this corner? Yeah. You got to go into the world. Yeah. And you can't do that if you're tied to a location. this obligation, this responsibility, because financially you, mm. you got to, because I'm not going to let rent, you default. I'm yeah. not going to let you, I'm not going to let, I'm not going to yeah. let that happen. Yeah. Hence the reason why there's no loans. Mm-hmm. There's no none of that. Because mm-hmm. when it's done, I need it to be done. Mm-hmm. I need ties to be cut. Mm. I don't need you to be tethered Mm -hmm. to this Mm -hmm. when this is over i need it to be over Mm -hmm. so that's why i allowed you not to have loans and credit card debt Mm -hmm. and all that because when i say it's done and you close them doors you need to be a walk be able to walk away as a free woman Mm -hmm. from that Mm -hmm. and that needs to be over Mm -hmm. Mm. and when i began to realize that the key to that was changing the 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 meaning that i assigned to the experience so how'd you do that it was it was looking it was looking at it and Mm -hmm. asking myself challenging my beliefs Mm -hmm. so believing that i failed did you fail yeah do you know how many people have a dream for their lives that they never even attempt they didn't try not only did you try you succeeded not not for three years you succeeded. Yeah. And the lives that you touched mm-hmm. Along the in way. that time. Yeah. And what you were able to create. This is so hitting <laughs> home yes. right now. Yes. And the biggest lesson what God said to me in that. Yeah. The biggest lesson. Yeah. And this is what I this is like my ultimate takeaway. This is actually perfect because this is what came to me this morning and I want to share it with you and your audience. Yes. 
the biggest lesson from that was what I learned about myself and who I am and what I'm capable of yeah. in that process. Yeah. I literally built that place. Yeah. Would go in on my lunch break yeah. in between clients and put the floor down. Yeah. Would go shopping online and buy a one set of weights over here, yeah. one set of dumbbells over there, yeah. and was literally putting my gym together piece by piece yeah. for six Come months. On. Come on. And what I learned about who I am and what I'm capable of, yeah. what I can withstand yeah. through that three years. Yeah. What I learned, that is, more than anything, the yeah. biggest thing that I took from that. Mm. So my lesson and the thing that came to me this morning is everything we're doing in the world, mm -hmm. from our relationships to our career mm -hmm. to whatever other thing, every single thing we're doing mm -hmm. in the world is inviting us to master ourselves. Mm -hmm. Hmm. That's it. Hmm. And if you can, in the midst of whatever you're doing and whatever you may be called to walk away from mm -hmm. that you feel like you're not sure i don't know i'm mm -hmm. scared i'm sad i'm whatever mm -hmm. if you can ask yourself have i mastered myself mm -hmm. in this. some part of myself yeah, yeah. in this process yeah. and if you have yeah you've done the work you have done your assignment yeah. and you are free <laughs> to go jesus christ you are free to go yeah and that's that was ultimately what unlocked me from it mm -hmm. and then I began to because as I said I actually was actually April 12th 2017 that I said out loud for the first time I'm going to close the studio mm. I said it to my financial advisor we were sitting down we mm. were talking and she said you can stay open financially you can stay open like she gave me all the rundown like right. these are the th these are the elements that would that would you would consider mm -hmm. and these elements are in alignment you can stay if this is what you want to do mm-hmm and when she said it, it was like, okay, well then I don't have any other excuses. I mm -hmm. need to be honest about what is this, what is this that I'm feeling? Mm -hmm. If it's not financial, if it's not that I don't have the clients, if it's not, if it's not this that the Perfect. logistics, what is this ambiguity? What is this like ambivalence yeah. that I'm like back and forth and yeah. I don't know what is it? Yeah. And when she said that, here's the things, and she ultimately said to me, and I thank her so much for this. She said to me. Whatever you want to do, mm. I'm going to support you. Mm. So, and this is my financial advisor. Mm -hmm. She could have been like, whatever, girl. Mm -hmm. She was like, however you want to move, mm. I got you. Mm. We can make it work. Mm. And so when she said it, it was almost like her saying that gave mm -hmm. me permission to say, mm -hmm. this ain't it. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just said it out loud. I will never forget the day. It was April 12, 2017. I said it out loud. I was like, I'm just going to close the studio. Mm -hmm. And it was the moment that I said that, hmm. I just felt this like release, freedom. Release. And then as I began to navigate that, mm -hmm. like, okay, now that I've made that decision, mm -hmm. and I started reshaping my definition of what was happening, it mm -hmm. wasn't failure. It was me closing a chapter, moving mm -hmm. on, allowing my assignment to be complete there, and recognizing that there was more for me to do. And it's not mm -hmm. about the place; it's about the purpose. And mm -hmm. changing my conversation mm -hmm. around the experience. Yeah. Then I got excited. Yeah. Then it was like I still had another like month and a half in the studio before I was officially gonna be mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. So it was like now that it was like it felt like it was getting in the way of mm -hmm. something. It was like okay, yeah. let me do yeah. these clients yeah. real quick. Yeah. And boom. Yeah. And then I started going to local coffee shops and working on my next mm -hmm. idea, which is how I came up with Clarity Coach. Tell us about it. So the reason that I came up with that title or that position for myself was having felt so ripped apart by the shift of 
you know, for years, what do you do? I'm a personal trainer. Oh, I own a fitness studio. And that had been like how I answered the question mm-hmm. of like who I am or mm-hmm. what I do, which that's also a sidebar. We mm-hmm. don't get to define who we are by what we do anymore. Oof. We just don't get to do it. So when people ask you what you do, mm-hmm. make it a habit of saying, I do whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Because when you say, I am mm-hmm. a lawyer, I am a doctor, mm-hmm. I am a, and you begin to define yourself by that, mm-hmm. the moment God calls you to evolve, mm-hmm. that's what causes you the discomfort. Yourself. Because you yeah. have been identifying with a title mm-hmm. as opposed to an assignment and a calling mm-hmm. that is always evolving. Mm. I like it. Right. Mm -hmm. So being mindful of that. So that was so for me, because I had felt so ripped up by that shift. Mm -hmm. I said, I never, Mm -hmm. ever want to do this again. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to create something that I get to define. Mm -hmm. So no, no, there no one else is a clarity coach. And if they are, they stole it from me. I Mm -hmm. guarantee you. Mm -hmm. No one else is that. And and the reason why is because I wanted to be able to define it. And I want it to be so broad that it Mm -hmm. could look like whatever I wanted it to look Mm -hmm. like. And that if I wanted to evolve, it would never have to be that I felt some sort of shame or guilt or Mm -hmm. whatever for leaving behind a past version Mm -hmm. of what I said a clarity coach was. And that was, I got to that place and I asked myself the question, what do I want my life to feel like? And I began creating my life Hmm. around this idea that I do clarity coaching Mm -hmm. and I want my life to feel like this when I do it. Mm -hmm. And that's because I had nothing Mm -hmm. and I was starting from a blank slate, Yeah, which is also another reframe. Yeah. It's not that I had nothing. Mm -hmm. It's that I was getting to start from scratch. Mm -hmm. I got to start from a clean Mm -hmm. slate and create whatever I want. Mm Mm-hmm. Same circumstance, but how you see it shifts. The, the definition, how I'm reframing it. So that's how I got to Clarity Coach because I knew I need to def- I need I need to create something that I can define for myself mm-hmm. that someone else can't come in and say no, you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. And then I needed it to be so broad that however I wanted it to look from season to season of my life as I continue to evolve and grow and learn mm-hmm. that it could encompass that, and I, I like wouldn't it. feel like I was betraying myself mm-hmm. by changing. Mm-hmm. I like it. I think especially since I I know for myself so much of my life, especially like probably like towards the end of high school and the early college years of this, I kind of just this pressure to be able to give an answer Mm -hmm. to what are you going to do with that? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Who are you going to be? What job are you going to do? And so much of... You know, like we don't just come up with these these ideas out of nowhere. This stuff is like shaped and nurtured mm-hmm. into us for such a long time. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of believe these ideas that I have to present this package that somebody else then approves. Mm-hmm. Right. And then that's kind of like the mentality that I, I lived under, you know. Mm-hmm. So even when I didn't know what I went to, I'm like, okay, well, let me pick a prestigious school to go to. So at least I'm going to X, Y, and Z, you know. And I just feel like sitting here at 32, I'm just like that, you know, um, if I, I have the opportunity to help sh- create a different image for someone else, mm-hmm. you know, the kids coming, the kids I will birth, the kids I get to pastor and be, be able to speak into their lives. It's like, don't live your life trying to create um, validation, you mm-hmm. know, from someone else. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're good with it. Right. And I think and th- this always goes back to sort of who my audience is in mm-hmm. my in my mind. I mm-hmm. truly believe that what I'm saying can resonate with anyone at mm-hmm. any point in their lives. But I think my audience specifically is people like us in our age group. Mm-hmm. Like I guess we're called zennials is mm-hmm. what I'm learning. We're called zennials and we're the people who are sort of between Generation X mm-hmm. and millennials. Mm-hmm. And I think 
the way that I really define us in with regard to this topic specifically is that we grew up in a world that taught us you go to school, you yeah. get the job, yeah. you do the thing for whatever number of years, you're yeah. retired, then you live your golden yeah. years, and that's how life goes. And yeah. we grew up with that message, but by the time we got to adult lives and it was time to apply those mm-hmm. rules, they no longer existed, yeah. and they were no longer relevant or idea for so, a very small percentage of people yes which, so we were being prepared for a world that yeah. we were when we were pushed out in it no longer existed yeah so that so we mm-hmm. our generation we yeah. are charged with the task of doing exactly what you yeah. said which is creating a blueprint for those who come mm-hmm. after us of what it looks like to create your life mm-hmm. based on what you're called to do mm-hmm. not based on what you're pushed to do mm-hmm. right Bar. Does that make sense? Yes. So, but we, no one before us was really doing that. Yeah. Or if they were, they were anomalies. They were yeah. like the innovators. Yeah. Whereas very much now it's become it's the everybody. norm. <laughs> everybody is their yeah. own brand. Yeah. You see it on social media. Everybody's pages are curated yeah. and the quotes are on one side and yeah. the pictures are over here. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's a brand. Yeah. Everyone is, has a vision. Everybody is creative mm-hmm. and we have YouTube and we have all these podcasts yeah. and we have all these things yeah. all these outlets and yeah. ways in which we can do yeah. what we want to do yeah. be who we want to be say yeah. what we want to say yeah. connect with who yeah. we want to connect and with make money while we do it and make money make a living yeah. and do all of it and that yeah. wasn't available in past generations yeah. and so they weren't teaching us yeah. they weren't preparing us for yeah. that world but that's the world we inherited yeah. and that's the world we're now trying to navigate yeah. and we didn't have a blueprint for it mm-hmm. so we're, we're trying to figure it out and mm-hmm. it's scary because we have our parents who are still telling Telling us that we look crazy or whatever it is, what are you doing with and we life? have the message that yeah. we've been ingrained in us for years yeah. growing up. Yeah, that just did not apply when yeah. we got to the place where we, it was time to do the things that mm-hmm. we were taught to do. It was like that doesn't even work. Yeah, it's not a thing anymore. Yeah, and so we were like, what? And we're like trying to scramble and like keep up with the with the speed at which technology is evolving. Yeah. And what that means for our lives. Yeah. And it'll be a very different story. We're already seeing a very different story. Very true. For the younger generation mm-hmm. who's like, yeah, I've been a YouTube star since I was nine. Yeah. And like, w- yeah. that's normal for them. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're yeah. like, yeah, I just make $10,000 a week yeah. doing funny YouTube videos yeah. with my dog. Yeah. Or whatever. Well, and we're like, like, we're the beginning what? stages of yeah, it. Yeah, but for them. And figuring it out. That's their whole life. Yeah. They don't know anything outside of mm-hmm. that. They're like, go to college, get a job, yeah. work at the same place for yeah. 40 years, retire. What is that? But at the same time, I <laughs> think the kid that or the person that that does enjoy that and wants to do that, I say to them, do it. Certainly. Because I think I, I've run into young adults and even like teenagers who almost feel like they're out of the loop if mm. they don't. Have a creative, entrepreneurial, a and, whatever. Yeah, yeah, be an entrepreneur, yeah. any of that kind of stuff. And they feel like that. And I say to them, like, do what feels right to you. Exactly. You like them books, you read them books. You want to go to school, you go to school. You Absolutely. Want, likewise to the person who's like, no, that's not for me. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And because I think the entrepreneur needs to have somebody to hire. Who are your employees? So if there has to be people <laughs> who want to get the nine to five exactly. to do the whatever. And that's, there's nothing, there is no good, bad, wrong, or right. Yeah. There is just what is true for you. And like you said, it's about doing what you're called to do, not what you're pushed to exactly. do. Exactly. Period. Exactly. And, and and I think part of what we started off talking about is the fact that it's also okay to edit as you go. Because yes. you don't know all of it yes. up front. Yes. 
So, so and what we also find in our generation is a lot of uh, career shifts, mm-hmm. right? You know, mm-hmm. kind of like I was in this thing for a while and now I'm transitioning over to this yeah. because I realized I don't want to do this anymore. And that's okay, too. Or, think, or in doing this, it introduced me, me to, to this other new, thing exactly. or whatever. And the thing is, I'm, I joke all the time, especially with my classmates who are much younger than me. Most of them came directly out of undergrad Under, and right. they're now in grad school. So they're like 20, whatever. Right. And um, I'm 37. Yeah. And I'm in my third year of my doctoral program, and I have two more years, so I'll be 39 when I graduate. And this will be my, like, fourth career. I literally have Mm -hmm. retired from (laughs) careers in my lifetime. Yeah. I have had several of my own businesses in my lifetime. Yeah. And that is not uncommon for our generation. Yeah. Um, And I think through a particular set of lenses, it could look irresponsible or Mm -hmm. unstable Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, a a number of things, but it's been for the most part strategic, definitely faith led. Yeah. And certainly with some amount of inspiration from my past journey. Yeah. I'm not just like, Oh, that's cool. I'm going to sell popsicles. Like there's something about that, that came from the trajectory of where I have been thus far. And I've arrived at this point and this feels like the next move. So the edit as you go is 1000%. How like, cause the, again, the discomfort comes from, deciding you have arrived yeah yeah this is oh this is what i'm gonna do this is it i figured it out yeah and then the moment you realize you haven't yeah that's the stuff that shakes you up yeah or this idea that like because you know even like me as a pastor i think i take on like um a different perspective than some other people do Mm -hmm. when it comes to this idea of purpose Mm -hmm. and i think it's this idea that a lot of times people are preaching this concept like you're supposed to do this one thing and Mm -hmm. that thing is your purpose what did god put you here on the earth to do as if that's like a career base more than Mm -hmm. it's like how has god called you to show up in these different ways Mm -hmm. in the context in which you do that can look different in different seasons of your life you know and i just for me that has been the case Mm -hmm. and you can't tell me i haven't been living a purposeful life exactly Exactly. Because exactly. If, if if I have to subscribe to a, another idea of that, then what you've told me is that my life has had no purpose exactly. because I didn't stick to one thing and I didn't know this one thing for sure for the rest of my life, yes. you know? Yeah. And I think that God has different purposes for us along mm-hmm. the way mm-hmm. or a singular purpose, that, but that shows up in different ways, that you know? That ultimately uses whatever gift we have. Yes. However, so if it's teaching, if it's yeah. speaking, if it's podcasting, if it's whatever yeah it's the same voice yeah that god gave us yeah right Mm -hmm. and so realizing to your point that the purpose if they're whatever it may be a thing but the manifestation of it gets to evolve yeah and the gift is whatever it is but the ways in which you use it share it yeah is going to change and that is Again, why I'm saying like we lived in a world where it was very much like these are the steps. Mm -hmm. It was very rigid. It was very absolute. And then we were introduced to this. Really, it's the Internet that I feel like Mm -hmm. just shifted our whole everything Mm because it gave us access to Mm -hmm. so much more. We were able to see Mm -hmm. and be exposed to so much Mm -hmm. more. And that really opened up. There are people doing things yeah. not like this. I was going to say, it's not like it wasn't there. It was just that a smaller population of people 
we're, we're living in that way and then creating the nine to five for the rest of us. Right? Exactly. So like there was someone who was monopolized on this type of mentality. Mm-hmm. But the moment you get access to it, it's the same way that I feel for um, underprivileged or disenfranchised mm-hmm. communities and groups Absolutely. of people. It's Absolutely. not just about the lack of access to financial resources. It's also about the not the, the lack of knowing, mm-hmm. right? And just so even knowing that it's a possibility. Knowing things that are a possibility mm-hmm. and those things being modeled mm-hmm. for people, right? And so mm-hmm. when they're modeled and you mm-hmm. see it, you have more of the idea why that can be me too. And that is why I opened the studio on Vermont and 74. Mm-hmm. It was very, very, very intentional mm-hmm. for me to open my studio in South Central. Because when I started building my business, yeah. all my clients were in Brentwood and on yeah. the West Side. Yeah. I could have opened a studio mm-hmm. there and been charging an arm and a leg for an hour of work, working yeah. out. But it was important for me Who you were serving. to open up the studio to serve that community. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Uh-huh. But also, I wanted people to walk by uh-huh. and see a black owned yeah. business, a black woman owned yeah. business. I yeah. wanted them to see people of color yeah. working out, yeah. enjoying working out, yeah. laughing and smiling together, yeah. engaging in healthy yeah. activities when there's nothing but liquor stores yeah. and fast food yeah. and everything yeah. else on every other corner. You will see. Yeah. That there's an alternative. You don't have to choose this. You have other options. It was important for me. I would purposely open my door at the time that I knew kids were going to be walking by when they got out of school. Because I wanted them to peek in and ask me questions about the heavy bag and the Mm -hmm. weights and how do you use this. Mm -hmm. Come in. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Ask your mom if she can, if you can sign up. Yeah. Yeah. That was very intentional. Beyond the working out, it was very intentional because I wanted them to see businesses that that were owned by people who looked like them, where they felt welcome, and they were being shown an alternative to some of the unhealthy habits that are being thrust in our faces on a regular basis. Mm. That was important for me. I love it. So going back real quick, I'm about to wrap it up, but to like navigate the emotions because I think it's really a big thing for me to to really empower people to feel their emotions mm-hmm. but not to allow their emotions to um basically like control them mm-hmm. you know to mm-hmm. a degree where it doesn't like manifest in a healthy way for them mm-hmm. so like when we're talking about feeling these changes and knowing that some of the, like the natural things that are going to come are like sorrow and mm-hmm. grief and all that kind of stuff like how would you say is the best way to feel it but not be um crippled by them yeah so my one of my favorite phrases is be with your feelings not in your feelings Mm. and what that means when you are with your feelings is that you can just get curious about them Mm -hmm. what am i what is this i'm feeling why do i feel uncomfortable Mm -hmm. where's that coming from why do i think that Mm examining them right asking questions about it Mm because that's how they teach you all your emotions have a lesson to teach you Mm -hmm. sadness in particular is coming to teach you how to let go Mm. that's what sadness is for Mm. because think about when we're sad when we lose something when a person passes away Mm. something like that when we when we to your point you're talking about shifting and changing and sort of a part of your life Mm -hmm. we're sort of quote-unquote in in so many ways losing that Mm -hmm. part of our lives Mm -hmm. So it's about teaching us. Sadness comes to teach us how to let go. So if mm-hmm. I can ask questions about my mm-hmm. sadness, why am I feeling so sad? Mm-hmm. Well, because I'm going to miss these people. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I won't see them every day, but I can call them. Mm-hmm. And that can sort of address mm-hmm. the sadness. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't allow, you feel it and you acknowledge it, yeah. but it doesn't overcome you yeah. when you can ask questions yeah. about it. Yeah. Or even when you're mad, why am I, Why did I just get so annoyed at that? Yeah. What, what was that about? Yeah. 
And then you can say, that's because my brother used to do that when yeah. we were whatever. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, so yeah. this isn't even about you. This is about some other meaning that I've assigned to this yeah. experience based on a past experience. Come on. And I can, now that I know that, I can recalibrate my emotion right now. Mm. Because I'm realizing consciously that it's not even about this. This mm. is coming from something else. Which maybe in another time I get to address the old stuff with my brother when he used to do the thing. But right, right. now yeah. I can address my attitude because it's not even about you. Yeah. And when you can be with your feelings mm-hmm. and not run from them because mm-hmm. they scare you or because we're ashamed of them or because mm-hmm. we tell when we deal with our emotions we're weak or whatever mm-hmm. things we talk about when we mm-hmm. talk about emotions. When you can get comfortable with being with what you're feeling. Yeah. That's how you learn what the emotions come to teach you. Mm-hmm. This is good. And then hmm. you're not in them to the point that they begin to drown you, overcome you, and then yeah. you can't see beyond them. Mm-hmm. And they begin they begin to inform your choices. Yeah, that's what yeah. you don't want. Yeah, you want to be able to say, "I feel this. Mm-hmm. I'm acknowledging that I feel this. What is this coming to teach me mm-hmm. about who I am?" Mm -hmm. Because that's what you're learning. Because remember what I said, everything we experience is an invitation to master ourselves. Mm -hmm. Everything, Mm -hmm. every single thing. Mm -hmm. And if we know that, we stop making it about other people Mm -hmm. and other things. We become in control, Mm -hmm. not in a manipulative way, but in a way that allows us to, and this is what I've been thinking about, to prepare for the unpredictable, mm-hmm. which sounds like a paradox. Yeah. How can you pay, prepare, prepare for, for the unpredictable? But the point is, you don't know what's coming, how it's come, or when it's coming, but you know that it is coming. You yeah. know that change will yeah. come. Yeah. You know that certain things, yeah. you, you just know, yeah. they're just phases yeah. of life. Yeah. They will come. Mm-hmm. But if I choose right now how I'm going to be with my feelings mm-hmm. when they come, that's how I manage myself in unpredictable situations mm-hmm. so that they don't slam me and knock me off and then I got to recover and I feel like, yeah, no, this is good. I can prepare for the unpredictable right now mm-hmm. by choosing to be with my feelings and ask questions about what they're coming to teach me. Joy. Man, I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> and I could talk about this for hours. This oh, is my man. work. This is what I love. This is what and I tell do. Tell us a little bit more. How can people be in touch with what you're doing? What are you working on right now? Oh man. So um my 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 number one project right now is the Club of Hearts. I'm actually in the midst of I'm in the we're wrapping up the first quarter of this year, right? So we're mm-hmm. moving into the mental health portion of uh, I do it in seasons, in quarters. So okay. we're in this quarter. We're doing the mental health quarter. All this, all the workshops every month are about mental health for the next three months, April, May, and June. And then that's my baby right now. Yeah. I'm really focused on the Club of Hearts. I really have a big vision for that. I, I want it to. Um, it it is in my mind anyway. I will say, as of right now, it is the key to how I will live the life that I see for myself. Mm-hmm. It is when I ask myself the question, what do I want my life to feel like? Mm-hmm. How do I want to serve in the world? Mm-hmm. This this feels like the vehicle by which I will be able to do that. I love it. And so I really want to give it uh, the care and attention that it deserves and, and that it desi- and that it that it is worthy of. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Club of Hearts is patreon.com slash club of hearts. It's we drop monthly workshops. Essentially what I am offering you is connection to community mm-hmm. through mentorship with all the facilitators who teach on everything from mental health to business and finances and entrepreneurship to relationships mm-hmm. everything that matters to us mm-hmm. all the stuff that's close mm-hmm. right? it's the club of hearts oh, club of hearts mm-hmm. 
And it's everything that I've ever done. My podcast, Real Matters of the Heart. Yeah. Everything is about what things matter to us. Uh-huh. How do we create a community around it so that we mm-hmm. don't feel alone as we navigate the mm-hmm. things that matter to us? Because mm-hmm. it does get scary and it does get lonely and it does get uncertain and all those things happen. But it's so important to know that there's support and that you're not alone mm-hmm. and that there are solutions. Mm-hmm. That's what the Club of Hearts is. Mm-hmm. So the Real Matters of the Heart podcast was like talking about it, getting yeah. it out, putting it on the yeah. table. So when I feel like, and I'm just, this is just coming to me as I'm saying this to you right now, I feel like the Club of Hearts was the next step. Yeah. Which was like, okay, now that what we've we laid the stuff out, what are we gonna do about mm-hmm. it? And it's me bringing in specialists and entrepreneurs and doctors and therapists and people from all these industries mm-hmm. To offer solutions. Mm-hmm. These are the things that are mad that matter to you, mm-hmm. that you are wrestling with. Mm-hmm. And these are people who for a living mm-hmm. offer solutions. Mm-hmm. And maybe if you want to talk to them and get a consultation, it will cost you a pretty penny. Mm-hmm. But on the Club of Hearts, because yeah. they my people, yeah. <laughs> you can yeah. get it for as low as nine dollars a month. Yeah. And you get access to all these people as opposed to one flat fee for mm-hmm. one of the people. Mm-hmm. Right? And so that was my vision. And because it's online, it can mm-hmm. reach you anywhere in the world, no which is, again, part of my vision. Yeah. And I want to be able to connect with leaders all over different parts of the yeah. world yeah. so that, you know, it gives me the freedom to sort of move about, which I really love when yeah. I talk about the life that I want to create for myself. But yeah. I get to serve, which is important to me. Yeah. In the way that I feel like I'm called to. Yeah. I love it. So that's that's my baby right now. They can find it again on patreon.com slash club of hearts. And then you can find me on social media at Joy Hearts, J-O-I-H-E-A-R-T-S. Well, ladies, like I said, this is Sharpen Her Iron Conversations <laughs> with Dope Women. You get access to some of the most amazing people in my life. Joy, thank you for stopping by and just giving the people what you got. Thank giving you. the people what you got. Thank you so much for having me. I know we didn't even know what we were going to talk about. At all. And I certainly wasn't prepared <laughs> to go down memory lane, but it's apropos. And yeah. I think it was, you know, being that again, it's that time of year when I made the decision two years ago. It felt like, yeah, this is this was this ordained is right. and divinely appointed. Yeah. Yeah. All right, folks. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on Sharpen Her Iron. Go ahead and like this, share it with a friend, and subscribe to our podcast for more conversations with dope women. If you want to stay connected, you can follow me on Instagram at thequeenliana. You can email us at sharpenheriron at gmail.com. Engage with us. Let us know what you think about the show. And for all upcoming events Sharpen Her Iron related, go ahead and visit our website, sharpenheriron.com.